Looking in the mirror can sometimes be a dreadful experience, but it's part of life and part of growth. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Who do you see when you look in the mirror? Whether you avoid the mirror and the camera in your life, or you're the one obsessively looking, tilting your head to the side, zhuzhing your outfit, and checking again before you leave the house because your appearance is everything, this is the episode for you. I'll dig right into our identity as believers and how the physical mirror in our lives can build us up, but can also mess with even the strongest relationship with God. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl-next-door healthy Christian lifestyle mentor. And for the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. What do you see when you look in the mirror? And how much does that reflection staring back at you affect and define your personality, your confidence, your value, your identity? It's no surprise that looks matter in society today. It's true. That's real. And I'm not advocating for any specific style or look. I'm not advocating for makeup and a specific hair color. I'm simply stating the fact that looks do matter. And to different people, there are different standards, different preferences, even different insecurities. So I'm not here to say what you should physically look like when you look in the mirror. I'm not saying you should be six feet tall with brown curly hair and blue eyes. But for me, that's the way I was created. And that right there is beautiful. Look, I'm at the age where you get a little whisker on the chin. Yep, it's real. And I'm not trying to put myself at the age and stage of my mother yet, but that 10 times magnifying mirror she has is legit. The problem is, when I look in that mirror super close trying to rectify one thing, the picking and poking and seeing what others call blemishes or flaws, it can be endless. Now I'm going to hit home more on flaws in a little bit, but my point is this. Looking in a mirror, especially a magnified one, The scrutiny and the discovery and pointing out of something wrong is at times overpowering in my mind. Now, I know affirmations are popular. Affirmations are powerful. The I am statements, the morning meditations. But I want to encourage you today and leave you with three truths from the Lord of heaven and earth. And I want to encourage you to speak these three truths right to yourself in the mirror every single day as often as you need. So here we go. Number one, repeat after me. He made me. I am beautiful. Let me make this clear. God made you. God created human beings. God created the masterfully complex bodies that we walk around this earth in. God created the beauty in the diversity that we see. God created you, handcrafted, unique, original. So just like I encourage you to go for a walk while you listen to this podcast, I also enjoy a daily walk outside. Currently, I'm in Canada, and it's autumn. And yes, the weather is getting a little chilly, and now I have to bundle up with a puffy vest and a cup of hot tea in my hand. But as I'm walking outside now, the colors of the leaves on the trees are changing and falling, and it's incredibly beautiful to see. There's this weird thing in our brains and in our lives, and well, 
I'm not sure if it's a statistic or if it's a fact, but I know I'm not the only one who's experienced this because I've talked about it with many of my friends over the years. You know how you often don't realize what you've got until it's gone? I know we use this phrase referring to relationships in our lives, but I think about it in the beauty of nature as well. Or how about this? When you see something every single day, you don't fully appreciate the beauty of it. Or you don't recognize the change. It's just the way it is every day. But once you leave and then return, something's different. Something's more vibrant. Something seems more beautiful. One of my best friends traveled to New Zealand, well, almost 10 years ago now. And while she was there, she would send pictures of the mountains and the lakes. And oh my goodness, it was so beautiful. But then I realized, um, it actually looks like that here. Like people come to the city of Kelowna, British Columbia, the city I'm currently in, to experience the beauty of the outdoors. I hike almost every week this beautiful trail right along a 100 mile long lake up in the mountains. And it's literally 10 minutes from my house right downtown. But when we see something every day, we don't always appreciate the awesome beauty of it. When was the last time you looked at a sunset, a sunrise, a landscape, a tree, a mountain, a lake, the stars in the sky, the clouds, and just thought, wow, God? When was the last time you spoke about the beauty of God's creation referring to nature? I love those conversations. And I ask these questions because I feel like it's an easy realization. It's right there in front of us to see and to experience, and honestly, it is something we talk about often. It is something we think about and recognize and share with others. The beauty of God's creation. So, what's the difference when you look in the mirror? Can you look at yourself in the mirror and speak with the same awestruck wonder about nature when looking at the beauty of God's creation in you? I am challenging you today. I'm challenging you to look in the mirror and speak to yourself with the same smile, the same wow, the same love, and say, God's creation is so beautiful because he made you. You are beautiful. Let's move on to number two. Repeat after me. He made me. I am flawless. Ooh, this one right here. I tried not to snap my fingers in the background. (laughs) I currently host a Christian women's book club online and we meet weekly to discuss the chapters of the book and pray for one another and really just build an incredible sisterhood of believers. Well, a couple weeks back, the chapter we were reading prompted a discussion about flaws, about God loving us, flaws and all. There was something that immediately stirred up inside me. There was something that just wasn't sitting right. Who says we have flaws? Like, who created the term flaw? Who made up in their mind that there's something wrong? Who determined what's wrong and what's not proper and what's not acceptable? Who determined that we have flaws? When I look in the mirror, do I see things that I think are flaws? God didn't create me with flaws. God didn't create flaws. So when I look at myself in the mirror, what do I really see? And whose perspective is it based on? A flaw is defined as a feature that mars the perfection of something, or a defect, or a fault. I fully understand that we are sinners saved by grace. 
I fully comprehend that we are imperfect, yet through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are made righteous in God's sight. But there is so much pressure in society today and our identity being tied to physical appearance, and I am taking a stand right now. Let me just break down the problem with this right here. You're only looking at the outside. You're seeing this term flaws on the outside, and hey, you're not alone. You're not the only one to look in the mirror and look at the outside. You're not the only one to look at other human beings and look at and focus on what you see on the outside. That right there has been happening for thousands of years. Yep, there was a time when this wise man named Samuel in the Bible was searching for who the Lord had sent him to anoint as the next king of Israel, the next man who would take the throne of God's people. You can read the entire story in 1 Samuel chapter 16, but the gist of it is this. Samuel was told to go to Jesse's house and that one of Jesse's sons was the one who would be anointed as the next king. The Bible says in verse 6 that Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Let me repeat that. Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Verse 7 continues, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Y'all, that is straight from the Bible. So just so we are clear, long before Jesus even walked on the earth, People were out there judging based on appearance. One of God's chosen men, Samuel, was at first influenced by appearance. So this struggle, it didn't just start. And it isn't new. It's been going on for as long as history has been recorded. But I want to assure you of this. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that is straight from the Bible. And that is truth right there. So what does your heart look like? The Lord looks at the heart. What does he see? Now, before you start creating another list of what you see as flaws in your heart and in your attitude and in your mindset, let me also remind you that as a believer, you are considered a friend of God. He calls you friend. You are his children. His deep desire is an ever-growing relationship with you. Maybe it's time to look in the mirror every day and instead of the affirmations, instead of the pep talks, maybe it's time to humbly pray every morning, Lord, help me to see myself the way you see me. Now, I'm not going to sit on this piece too long, but there's a difference between flaws and choices that produce consequences in our lives. Sometimes we see flaws in our image, but what we are classifying as a flaw is something we actually have the power to change. Have you been looking in the mirror and pointing out flaws? Well, now remember, where does this classification of the word flaw even come from, first of all? But have you been pointing out or disliking details in your reflection in the mirror? But you know that if you started to make some powerful choices and shifted some of your habits, those things would most likely go away or change? A daily walk, drinking more water, a little skincare routine, um, sleep... And you actually know it's true because you've done it before. (laughs) If this is you, take a stand. Like today, 
Make a powerful decision right now to get to work. I promise you it will be worth it. You are flawless. Now, if Beyonce can proclaim it, you better proclaim that too. You woke up like this flawless. Let's move on to number three. Repeat after me. He made me. I am his. This right here is my foundation. I am his. Remember, as a believer, as a Christian, as someone who has confessed that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, that he died for my sins and rose again, I am his. I can't even try to say this as perfectly as 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17 in the New Living Translation, so I'm just going to read it to you. It says this, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That right there, I'll say it again, that is my foundation. You are his. And with that, your life here on earth reflects him. You quite literally are his ambassador here on earth. Others should look at you, hear you speak, see your smile, feel your spirit, and know. You know how sometimes people just tell you, there's something different about you. There's something that they can't quite put their finger on. Let me tell you right now, it's Jesus. (laughs) That's a personal relationship with him. That's why they can't put their finger on it, because... They haven't experienced it yet, and that's an opportunity. Look, when I was playing basketball, once I got a taste of success, once I experienced what it was like to win, I wanted it more and more. Just from one little taste, the fight and the drive began to grow, and winning felt so good I did not want to lose anymore. The Bible says to taste and see that the Lord is good. And when others are coming up to me, when I'm speaking and when I'm sharing, am I giving people an opportunity to taste and see that the Lord is good? Now, I'm not here to force feed anyone. I'm not here to shove a buffet of Jesus down their throat. I'm here as an ambassador of Christ so that others can taste and see that the Lord is good. And then... The Holy Spirit will do the rest of the work. He will do the rest of the work in their heart. Here's a question to think about. If you were the sample cart at Costco, what are people tasting and seeing when they get around you? Remember, God made you. You are his. Have you ever heard about how a goldsmith purifies the gold? They put it in this extremely hot furnace. And do you know how the goldsmith knows when it's hot enough, when it's purified enough? When they can see their own reflection in it. Does God see his reflection in you yet? This is one of the reasons trials sometimes come. This is one of the reasons we need to go through tough times. God is purifying you. God is working in you so that you grow in your faith, in your trust, in your relationship with him. He is purifying you so that his reflection is who he sees in you. His reflection is who others see in you. And his reflection is who you see in you. There's a woman I was mentoring a while back, and one of the things she struggled with was seeing herself as beautiful. She struggled to even look in the mirror. She could not look at herself and see the incredible, beautiful daughter whom God created. So I challenged her. I challenged her every day to send me a selfie. 
I didn't care what she looked like physically. I cared about her growth and her confidence. But she just couldn't do it. So I said, look, why don't you take a post-it note and write on it who God says you are? Just even one word of how he describes you as his daughter. I encouraged her to hold up the post-it note at a distance so that in the mirror, in the picture, all I would really see was the note covering her entire face and body. And for weeks, the pictures were all being covered with post-it notes. In fact, her entire mirror was now nearly covered with the notes and words of affirmation straight from the Lord. But eventually, she sent me a selfie. A selfie of her smiling. A selfie of her beautiful, radiant self reflecting God's goodness and reflecting God's beauty. And that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes work to look in the mirror and see how beautiful you are. And sometimes it takes strength to look in the mirror and speak how beautiful you are. And if you can look at your reflection and see your heart, see his heart, see his beauty and his glory and his wondrous creation then there is no doubt that others will, in your presence, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like I said, this right here is my foundation. And let me tell you, the times that it's not my foundation, not only can I tell and feel it in my own attitude, but others around me can tell as well. I'll leave you with this thought right here. God never buys what he doesn't intend to live in. He's not a silent investor. He's not a renter. He doesn't buy to quickly flip and get the project off the books. He's in. He's all the way in. You have been bought at a high price. He made you. You are beautiful. You are flawless. You are His. Thank you for taking the time to join me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Fit. If you enjoyed these episodes, could you do me a favor? Please share them on your social media feed and don't forget to tag me. I'll see you next time.